Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes, a 30-year Wall Street veteran who's had to go underground and take on a secret identity in order to bring you my candid views on a handful of stocks out of each week's Value Line Investment Survey. You've seen my face on TV, you've seen me quoted in the news, but my bosses would never allow my unvarnished views on the air, so I've disguised my voice and they'll never know. This week we take a look at the July 8, 2011 edition of the Value Line Mid-Cap and Small-Cap Edition, which is something we've been doing this year, and we're excited to get to three great value ideas this year or this week, I should say. Now, before I get to that, I have uh, a very, very special guest here today I would like to introduce to you. A good friend of mine I've actually known for many years, and it's a, a great thrill to have him here on the show today because he'll bring a lot to the discussion. And so uh, I'd like to introduce to you, directly from Wall Street, by the way, Mr. Mo Mentum. Thanks. Mo. Thanks, Val. It's, it's good to be here, and one of the things that I really appreciate about being on the show is that I now know your identity. Well, you have signed the non-disclosure agreement, have you not? That is true, but as a long-time listener, I never actually yeah. knew it was quite a surprise. Well, I know, because... I showed up at the door today in your office, I know. which is where we're sitting right I know. now, and I'm asking for values, and they say, oh, just a minute. Right. It's, it's, and the it's, fact is, you've already known me, and you didn't realize I was Val. It's, it's always been you. Yeah. You didn't buy the franchise or something. No, but it's the this guy's voice, you see. That's why you, you know, because we, we actually do see each other occasionally, but you had no idea, and I've None. never spoken of it. None. No. So, so it's um, great to be here. For no other reason now, I know. Yeah. So did you end up winning a bet on that, or did you win any money? By I now? won't be able to tell anyone. But won't they just trust you that whether you got it right or not? Or? I work on Wall Street. Yeah, you can. Okay. So, listen, I'm glad you're here, and I'm hoping, what I'd like to do, um, Mo, is... Uh, as you know, we're value guys here on the show. I've got three terrific ideas from the small and mid-cap edition. You know, we spent the first five years of the show doing the regular value line. And by that time, you know, you've been through names so many times. And I'm into the small and mid-cap because this is the list I'm actually using here in the shop to drive our small-cap value process is I'm going right to this value line. It's a great resource. And so, Mo, three terrific ideas this week, and I know uh, you may know something about these. I'm putting these into my portfolio, and I'm just suggesting maybe you want to do the same, and, and if not, I'd love to hear your thoughts, you know. Um, the first one I'm going to do this week, for longtime listeners, you know, I often do page number order, but um, I abandoned that here in 2011 because I'm just picking these off the computer they don't have page numbers. I'd actually have to refer to the table of contents to put page numbers. So I've completely changed up the show, and I'm going alphabetically, uh, and I'm going to do that tonight. First up, don't know the page number, a little stock called American Science and Engineering, ticker A-S-E-I. And... Uh, I'm just looking at value line. I don't actually have any other resource here, and nor have I looked anything up, although since we're in my office, I have a lot of resources over here. I'm not using them. Let's pretend we just got value line, we're on a train, and we're trying to pick a couple of stocks. Certainly do your own work, everybody. Um, and before I get into anything, I, I, it's been a while since I did a show, so I forgot my caveats. I want to do them right now before I give you this important advice. First, this show is for entertainment purposes only. 
and that's not a guarantee. In fact, many listeners may already have turned off the show, and that's fine. I'm sure you have a lot of stuff to do. Secondly, uh, this is after hours. It's a hobby, and uh, I may not look at every important detail. Like during the day for my paying clients, I do a lot of detailed work. I'm looking at all the filings. I'm carefully reading transcripts. I'm calling management teams. Here on the show, I've done none of that, done none of that. So beware. Third, and this is really critical, Mo, I, don't, I can't speak for Mo, but I've been drinking, and I've been drinking a little more than usual today. Um, and so my thoughts might be impaired. I just want people to understand that. And finally, I don't have your interests in mind. So I'm inviting you to do the opposite of what I'm actually going to do. And my lawyer says I better make sure to tell you that. Okay, so we've got that out of the way. First up, American Science and Engineering, ticker ASCI. Have you ever heard of this one, Mo? Nope, I have not. And I have not either. So I'm just paging through Value Line. And what I'm first attracted to when I'm looking through Value Line or any you know, resource is the valuation. So this thing is, according to Value Line, 16 times earnings. It's a 5%. So any name like this, it's a spiral. You don't do all the work and then decide. You kind of spiral into it. And frankly, you want to find reasons to not like it so you can get on to something else. You know, we're busy people. I don't, want to, I don't want to know anything about this. I'm looking for a reason to move on, but I can't because it looks a little cheap. Then I look down at the margins. Their operating margin has consistently been above the mid-teens. They had one year in the mid-teens, and then 20s and 130 for operating margin. This looks pretty good. And next, you know, I'm just spiraling in return on capital. Mid-teens for the last three years, and these weren't great years, ladies and gentlemen. So I think, um, you know, that's impressive to me to see a company powering through with good margins. They don't have much debt at all. In fact, their total debt is $7 million. That's why their return on capital and their return on equity are nearly in sync because they don't, they're not using leverage, which means their return on equity is a little lower than it might be, but it also means it's a little safer than it might otherwise be. I'd also note that they have $190 million in cash, which with 9 million shares outstanding, <clears throat> and, you know, I don't have a calculator, but that's about $20 a share in cash. So the stock's 76, but I have $20 in cash. So I like that. So only now am I going to look at what they do because it's meeting some of these metrics. And Value Line, I'm just reading Value Line. And they don't seem to mind. I'm a paying subscriber. But they engage in the development, manufacture, marketing, and sale of X-ray inspection and detection solutions for homeland security markets worldwide. They evidently have a brand called Cargo Search. <clears throat> Very clever. Inspection, and it's non-intrusive inspection, uh, whatever that means, of trucks, cars, cargo containers, pallets, air cargo. And they're looking for the normal thing, you know, fraud drug trafficking, weapon smuggling, Wall Street research reports. You know, you've seen the, you've been through the drill. I have. So it looks like they're going to be in the ascension here as markets worldwide have to increasingly spend more security because of the bad guys. And weapons and such are getting smaller, easier to hide. You know, I read today that they're, in, they're, they're sewing weapons into people's bodies. So I'm going to guess that these guys uh, have a, 
a good future ahead of them. And when you look at the sales growth, um, you know, it's pretty good. They don't have any down years in the last four. They've been growing at a pretty good clip, you know, over 15%. And I'm not a growth. I'm happy to take the growth for free. So I'm not counting on it. But these guys have a nice market, and it certainly gives you a little more comfort to see that, you know, they're, they're growing into a nice market there. Um, and so I like it. The, the last thing I'll say about it is on an enterprise value to EBITDA basis. So enterprise value is the market value of the equity, shares times the price, plus the total debt, less the cash. And that's trying to represent what we would all have to pay in cash for the company if we were to buy the whole thing ourselves. You know, every, all the listeners get together, kick in some money and buy it. We'd have to pay to own the cash flows. We'd have to pay the enterprise value, theoretically. I mean, you might need some of that cash around for working capital, but that's the idea of enterprise value. And then the EBITDA, earnings before interest taxes, depreciation, and amortization, is simply meant to be an approximation of the cash flow. Now, granted, you're going to have to maybe subtract out some cap capital spending. Some people might say, since that's a positive present value event, you shouldn't subtract it out. There's lots of room for, you know, debate in these valuation judgments. But very simply, EBITDA divided by earnings, by enterprise value, would be the earnings yield pre-tax that we would get if we bought the whole thing. So when I do that math, enterprise value to EBITDA, 6.5 times, the inverse is the yield, which is going to be, you know, around 15% it looks like, roughly, and that's a pretty good yield. And so on that basis, uh, Mo, I'm recommending the stock for your portfolio. I don't know. Uh, well, I would. I think I'd add a couple of questions that I'd want to have answered before I move forward. So cautious, are you? Well. Taking the cautious route. I'd, I'd ask the following. Stocks had a nice run-up. A year ago, it was $74. Over the course of last year, it's run up from 74 to High in 90. It's 90 now? Was. Oh, was. Now, what happened during that period? I don't know. Troop ramp up, troop surge, um, run up in Homeland Security expenditures. Were they anticipating something? Because starting early this, you know, or late winter, the stocks headed straight south. So, as low as, almost as low as 74 bucks. Yeah. So, it's a little bit of a rebound here, but I'd wonder, were, were people anticipating some big expenditure, some big expansion that hasn't happened, and we're jumping into this stock, right? Is that disappointment's getting baked into the stock? Yeah. So that would, I would at least want to do a little, one a little, a little homework tire, there. A couple tire kicks. Um, looks like they're making a nice comeback, but I would want to know that. I'd also want to know, who is this, who is this guy, Anthony Fabiano? Now, he's the guy that runs a company. Does he have, is he a long-term Department of Defense guy that came to run the company like a Dick Cheney? Do they have contacts? If they did, and they're on the rebound, and maybe the market just got a little ahead of itself, yeah, I'd probably jump on it. Huh. Well, as you well know, Mo, I don't know the answers to any of those questions, but I think that's uh, good advice. So you're going to wait and see on that one a little gonna bit. Going to go kick the tires. Yep. Okay. Well, have you ever been a customer of the company? Have you ever had any of your um, personal belongings non-intrusively inspected? No. I've had them terrorized ah. at airports, but I've never actually had I them. I see. No. 
So you can't say well, really. Well, if it was non-intrusive. You're how would satisfied. I, how would I know? <laughs> That's a good one. That's the point. Okay. Well, I got another one. I'll try to be a little more uh, brief on this one, Mo. I, I know you, you're you very nice to stop by. I know you're busy. Um, let's see. Uh, this is called AZZ Inc. Ticker AZZ. So not run by marketing people, obviously. On that. Now, again, just like last time, Value Line has some quick metrics across the top. It's a 7% discount to the market PE. It's a 2.2% yield, which amazingly is higher than you can get in money markets in many cases now. And so not that you'd buy this for a yield, but you get that right now. You know, So if you're mad about taking money out of the bank, you don't need to be when you get a yield that's better than what the bank is paying you. So I like that. I keep looking. I see an operating margin that's just been continuously improving for eight years from 9% to 21%. So that tells me that, um, and the sales have been going up. So they're either getting some economies of scale, they're getting some pricing. You know, rising margins is good, um, assuming your return on capital isn't, you know, imploding. And it is because your units are falling or something like that, and it isn't. It's been a little more volatile uh, than margin, which you'd have to dig in and explain that. It could be that there's write-offs that don't get into the operating margin below the line and that sort of thing that would impact the return on capital. But in general, they're in the mid-teens, mid upper single digits. Those upper single digit years could be write-off years. You know, I don't know. Again, you'd want to dig into that because the margins have been pretty stable. Sales have been going mostly uh, up, except for 09, of course, they were down about 15%, which is understandable uh, in the light of what everyone else did. So generally a pretty good record here. I keep looking. I see a good balance sheet. Um, you know, they got $225 million in debt. That's 47% debt to capital. But they've got $138 million in cash, so more than half the debt is covered with cash, and that represents just a little bit over $10 per share. So on a $44 stock, they do have, you know, 20 bucks in debt, but then they have 10 bucks in cash, so one way to think about it. So I'm still interested. The valuation looks okay. The margins look good. Um, what do they do? Because I'm looking for a theme as to something that can last a long time and can, you know, take me into my three- to four-year a holding period. AZZ manufactures electrical equipment and components for power generation, transmission, and distribution. I'm just reading Value Line, as well as for industrial markets. Um, they also have industrial lighting and tubular products for petroleum and food processing, and then they have a galvanizing business. So when I read that, you know, galvanizing is required for anything metal that you want to maintain because it's a low cost compared to the lost value of whatever it is you're protecting. And so that's a no-brainer. That's probably a great business. Particularly when capital spending falls, you've got to, you know, make sure you retain and maintain your old equipment even more strongly. Um, industrial lighting, and there's about to be a complete change in lighting as LEDs go everywhere, and, and those are pretty expensive. Um, and so maybe they'll get in on that. Petroleum, food processing, industrial applications, you know, I don't know, you know, what their edge might be there, but it's a good business generally. And then finally, this electrical transmission, I think, is the key. And the theme there is uh, smart grid. You know, we're gaining share in electricity as uh, the total energy pie, but we're losing so much power in the grid and in transmission. And the grid, you know, is not able to really connect 
in, in so many places that it's what I'm told by some is it's you know it's really hundred year old fifty year old technology that needs to improve and there's a commitment to improve it so they're going to get in on that and that's a long tail theme so then I'm looking at the valuation in one other way Mo and that is again enterprise value to EBITDA a rough guess as to the value. Uh, you know, that we would earn from just an, an earnings yield comparable to a bond yield and that sort of thing. And to work it through here, I've got, uh, and these are prices probably from last week, knowing value lines, some Monday, and they may be up. We've had a couple good days here in the market. But I'm looking at an equity value of $500 million, debt of 225 that I add back, 138 of cash that I subtract. That gets me to a $590 million enterprise value. In value line, operating margin times sales <clears throat> is the EBITDA. That's not gap accounting. Typically, depreciation is spread among uh, expenses above the operating line. But in value line, they do it, I think, just to make it easy to look at and, and calculate. So I'm using that. If I take their 21% operating margin times $380 million in sales for last year, uh, you know, that's about... Let's do the math on that. I do not have a calculator. About $76 million and 590 divided by 76. Again, I don't have a calculator, but it's a little over eight times. So one over eight is 12.5%. The beauty of having terrible options at the bank or in money markets or even high-quality corporate bonds is there's nowhere you can get yield. So these high-quality equities that can pay a dividend, you know, suddenly have uh, a different element of value. Now, in the case of this company, they don't historically pay a dividend. They've only recently started paying it, so I'm not going to count on it um, in terms of the actual dividend. But in terms of the cash flow that we would earn if we all got together and bought the company, it's 1 over 8, 12.5%. That's pretty good. And, uh, and so, you know, having looked through the entire issue this week, this is one of the three I want to recommend to you, Mo. It's got the big theme, smart grid, yep. and, uh, you know, some improving trends in margin through a tough period, and I like the mix of businesses. They look like they could be stable. So I don't know what you think of that guy. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, you know what excites me about this stock? It was $42 one month ago. It's 53 today. Is it really? That's a 25% return, which is... Roughly, and I don't have a calculator either. It's best not to. 1,300% annual rate of return. Now, you, if you had owned this stock for the last month, your returns would have been competitive with your own funds, I think. You know, the thing about that, you're right, is it would have been diluted by having 50 other stocks. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. so we so do have stocks that do that, and uh, but, you know, it's a 2% position. It goes up 25%. It's a 2% position, so that adds 50 basis points to your portfolio performance. That's a little bit of how the portfolio management business works. And unfortunately, unless, you know, you own a company and therefore own all the equity, it does make sense to diversify. Um, my view would be you're, you're going to need a 50-stock portfolio, so do that. But then take your best ideas and make a 20-stock portfolio. And the reason I'd say that, is big portfolios to me are uh, to avoid losers hurting you. So if you have a 100-stock portfolio, why would you be so diversified? It's so if you have something that goes down, it doesn't hurt you. 
Okay, I get that. If you think you're going to make a lot of mistakes, then certainly prepare yourself for those losses. I think that makes a lot of sense. If I were a mountain climber, I would completely have that point of view, and I would be protected up to the wazoo in equipment. But in equity research, there's another view, and that would be have a more concentrated portfolio so that your winners, the stocks that you've truly uncovered some proprietary information that you can use to generate positive alpha in terms of your excess return over the benchmark, if you're geared toward doing that and that's what you do, have a concentrated portfolio, then your winners help you. That's your point of view rather than your losers not hurting you. So uh, in this particular one, um, I would definitely put it in the 50-stock portfolio. I don't know yet. I'd have to do more work on the concentrated. You really have to know your companies in and out in that case. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned your portfolio effect. These last two stocks, classic example. We had um, AZZ, which has gone from 42 to 53. Had you also owned American Science, because you like the story, it's a good story, because of its weakness... Over that roughly that same period, it's gone from 80 to 71. So if you did diversify between two stocks, we're already on the way to your whole theory. Yeah. Where do you? Why do you cap out at 20? Well, because uh, you know, as an ex-math major years ago, I just came to believe that there are some valuable elements to diversification in terms of canceling out random events, but you you reach the maximum of that at about 15 stocks. They become asymptotic returns. Yeah, in terms of the element of that. You, once you have 15 to 20, your incremental reduction of the systematic risk or, or the company-specific risk, rather, the random risk is uh, pretty well gone. From a Graham and Dodd perspective. I don't think that is Graham and Dodd. I think that's a modern Crosby portfolio theory. It might have been those guys. Exactly. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Anyway, so it does, it does, it does work out that way. Um, if you look at the long-term trend of the stock, it's been great. The story's good. Um, you're right. Is it a smart grid? They also do some stuff for bridges and highways. They serve fabricators. So if there's going to be a big rebuilding of infrastructure, infrastructure. if people are thinking, well, the Republicans get elected, that's probably not the case. But there might be some st second stimulus package. But clearly, somebody knows something because the stock has been a monster over the last month. I mean, it's going straight up. Great chart, straight up. My question is, are we jumping in at the beginning of something big or are we jumping in at the top? At the end of something big. And, you know, the I think that just purely technically, what's your downside? Four or five points. If you're getting in at, at what could be a monster trend, yeah, I think it's worth the risk-reward if for no other reason from a technical perspective. And I'd like to know if there is some, what is the buzz? What are people talking about in terms of contract signed because... Stocks don't do that for no reason, for any reason. Hmm. Well, as you know, Mo, here on the show, I completely ignore those aspects of the uh, of the stock and uh, and just look at value line. So it's nice that you're here to point some of those real world elements out to the listener, who uh, you know clearly stock movements. And I'm a value guy. Stock movements are telling you something. They're telling you that a bunch of people are trying to buy it. Or a bunch of people are trying to sell it. And if you can figure out why... You'll make money. You'll make money. That's a hard game to win. Um, if you play it, you'll win less often, in my view, than you'll win if you're a pure fundamental investor. Although there's technical analysts who would argue with me 
And in fact, some have here on the show. I get email from technical guys saying, hey, Val, you're completely ignoring the technical element of the stock. And what I say to that is, that's true. So, Well, it is about making money, and even though I can't really identify who I am on the show, I do work for a prestigious major investment bank. Can you give us the first three letters of it? No, I can't. I understand. But I can tell you that our motto, and you've obviously read the ads, you've seen the, the television yeah. commercials, is we pick stocks that go up. I have seen that. Not and we guarantee does. it. Don't we, you say we that? We do. We do. But that's, that's our focus. Yeah. We want stocks that go up. Yeah. Some people... They're not they don't care as much. Discriminating. Right. So that's why we look at the technicals. That's why we say, what's going on here? Yeah, because if you ignore the technicals, sometimes you, you could be at your own peril. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's, that's so who's, valuable. What's, who's that's next valuable. Up? Now, in your view, because I know nothing about technicals, is going up the most important thing, or is there a certain pattern you're looking for? If you take a ruler from the lowest end of all of the dots on your value line yeah. screen and draw a line through it, yeah, that's if, what, it, if it's going up, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. Now, other people, they want to... If it's going down, it's uh, a different do. firm. Yeah, it is. Okay. Well, so it sounds like these aren't going to really pass your screen. This one's already... It hasn't well, really broken through that line, whatever that means, right? You know, the one, the one thing that really bothers me, can we say something Just be candid. About, about value line? Yeah. They never call me. They don't because, care. Because they make these charts logarithmic. For the average person looking at them, I can't, you know, so I'm sitting here looking at on my iPhone. Right. But I couldn't even tell, besides the fact that be, before you make a decision on this, you want to do some real-time checking. Of course. This gives you all the basis, the foundation you need, and then someone needs to just freshen that a little bit to make a decision. Oh yeah, well you need a lot. You need to layer on a lot of stuff on this. Right. I mean, it's. I mean, from a professional point of view, you absolutely want to talk to the guys running the company. Yeah, and I would. I would. And I would. so let's say that. I mean, that's why people who might be listening would hire a professional because they are going to do that. But here on the show, I don't do any of that. That's the beauty of it. I'm just drinking, trying to have a good time. I've got a few ideas, and I just throw them out there for the listener. That's why it's nice that you're here to throw a little water of reality for the listeners. No, no, no. It, it, uh, it's a first, I haven't looked at it. Or they're modest. They're, no, I understand what I you're saying. I haven't looked at this in a long yeah. time, and it's interesting. So when I look at it, I would change the chart so it would get a little better idea. How would you do that? Uh, I would not have it long. You would not have them long. Because it, to me, it looks like it went from, uh, you know, 8 to 12, and it really went, it's been a moonshot. It's it really went from 5 to 18. 29. 5 to 29. So, you know, um, I completely missed that. That's actually the next stock. That's exactly it. And that's the one we're about to do. Right. So you're pre-selling it. Or pre-unselling it. I mean, for me as a value guy, a stock that's gone up that much, it actually is rare to recommend, but I do it occasionally. One problem has been that the rally off the lows was so strong that things rocketed. Now, I, do, I would notice I had an opportunity recently to hear uh, an interview by uh, – that Joseph Granville gave. You remember remember that guy, yeah. that technical guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just was listening because he's on the Internet, and, you know, he's – I listened to him make a speech in the 70s in graduate school or somewhere. I don't know, but, I mean, the guy's 80. But he had the point of view that was interesting. And, again, it's all technical, which I don't do, but his point was <clears throat> we've just been through – and this was a few weeks ago – we've just been through the worst bear market since the 20s. And I was like, What? 
he said, and go check it. I did, I did not, just want to be clear. Six straight weeks of a down Dow has never happened, he said, since the 30s. So that just happened. So are we in a bear market? It doesn't seem so when you look at this stock. But um, I, I would just say it is hard to find stocks that are as cheap as they were in 2009. And, you know, you see some of the Russell 2000 value index returns, and there's firms that were up 50% one year and 50% the next year, so it's been a rocket. But <clears throat> we come to work, and we try to find value stocks in any environment, and sometimes they have, unfortunately, already gone up. So um, I'll take that as uh, unfortunate. But this next one, I think, is the cheapest of the three. I'm just going alphabetical. It's called SL Industries, ticker SLI, and uh, again, don't know the page number. But what caught my eye on this one um, was 10 times earnings. That's a 42% discount to the market PE, according to Value Line. Uh, then I look at the uh, operating margins, and it's like, oh, mid-single digits, so I'm not that interested in that. But then... The share count is just a couple rows up. I can't help but see that. And I noticed that they bought a lot of stock back last year. The share count is down over a 10-year period. So some companies, you see, they issue stock every year. You know, it's not in the shareholder interest necessarily if the returns are falling. Here, they're buying stock back. And, uh, and so that keeps me interested. And returns on capital are really volatile. Um, they were running in the teens pretty well, but then 08 and 09, you know, two terrible years, of course, 7%, then 5%, but then in 2010, back to 21 on a big sales gain. So in 2010, their sales were back to the roughly 07 level, 06, 07, and looked like they're going to perhaps grow nicely this next year. So again, not that great. The valuation's cheap. I'd note also that the earnings in this period are still not peak earnings from the last cycle. So it's selling at 10 times earnings that are apt not to be peak. It's at a 58% relative PE, whereas in the last peak it got to 76%. It doesn't get to a premium, but it's got some room to move up. We're early cycle. And then I keep going. What do they do? They, they market and manufacture power electronics, motion control, communication equipment worldwide, and then they produce uh, external ACDC power supply products for customers under the brand Condor, and they sell to original equipment guys. They have a bunch of uh, power quality electromagnetic products. Let me say this, Mo. I don't know what any of that is, except it looks like it's related to, and I don't want to go on a limb here, Electronics. And electronics are in the ascension. Um, and so I like that. Their returns don't get me too excited, although in their good years they're in the 20s. So, again, your point, do work. They may be on to something right now. They're earning a 20% mark, uh, you know, return on capital in a year that's not apt to be peak. Sales aren't peak. They've been buying stock. Why would they buy stock? Maybe they know something good's happening. You know, I don't know. Um, their balance sheet is okay. There's no cash, so 
that's good. I guess they don't need it to operate or it's well deployed. Total debt is $10 million on a market cap of uh, about $80 million, so that's, that's okay. And debt to book capital, let's see, is uh, I think on these small and mid cap, oh, here we go, 47. It's about 25%, so that, that's fine. And the valuation is, is cheap. So this one to me is a, you, you obviously should do some work, but from 30,000 feet, the, the thematically, electronics, electricity, gaining share, something good's going on, the stock's telling us that, and the returns are telling us that, and it's uh, about a 40% discount from the PE. It generally gets at peak, which is apt to be, you know, 50% earnings from now. So the idea would be earnings grow another 50%, the multiple expands another 33%, and you get some kind of 100% return on your money. That's my quick and dirty mo. And uh, But the technicals, they don't look great. Do they or do they? See, to me, up is bad, down is good, but to a technician, maybe up is good. Okay, I have SL Industries. Yes, sir. I've got the chart on my iPhone. Okay. All right? I'm holding it to the microphone. Wow. You think that'll work? I think people are really feeling that. Well, if you can... We could put a, take a picture of that and put it on the website if you want. Tell me if you've ever seen anything like that. Um, only, uh, you know, this is Google. This is borderline pornography for a technical analyst. Is it? It's straight up. What about that? Val, <laughs> this stock was $8 in 2010, one year I ago. know. Okay, it's 24 now. I know. It's going straight up. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's a blip. That's 200% return over the last year. Not bad. That we missed. But, but about, you know the company's buying stock. That, I like that. What about the insiders? I don't know that from here. We can right? find that we out. Can, we can find that out. You know what I like about that? Insiders have access to the real numbers, not accountants' numbers, right? Look at AIG. Everyone thought it was a solid. The insiders know. So if the insiders are buying... They know what the real numbers are. They also know the business better than you and I ever will. And they're showing their conviction. Look at that, and then I would jump. This looks like a freight train from a technical perspective. Well, and it's not expensive from a fundamental perspective. Well, you know what? That's the one. If you have a single best idea of a show, I would vote for that. You would? It's got, it's got no blip up, and it has no... And it has no... Uh, it's just got a great long-term trend. Yeah, there's a lot of conviction in the market with this one. So we have no the mistakes. story, which is a great story. Yeah. We've got great technicals. Yeah. You like the balance sheet income I do. statement? And you like the technicals. Well, that's one way to conclude a show. I'm going to go with you on that one, Mo. I think you've got some good ideas on this one. Plus, I think we're, we're out of olives. Are we? But we're going to have to go to the store. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this has been the July 8th edition of the Value Line uh, Observer. Thanks a lot for listening in. Mo, thanks for joining us this week. It's been terrific. It's been fun. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts on the show, uh, I always answer email. Um, and I want to say hello to Adib, who I know is uh, working on his new firm. I hope I wish you a lot of success. And I want to say hi to Phil, who I know I... You know, I, I haven't given a favor in a while, so today it's going to be SL Industries. See all our caveats, all our past shows, our bios, everything about us, pictures our mothers took at www.
thevalueguys.com. So long, everybody.